I'm Jennifer, and you're listening to the Jennifer Kayla Ruskin Podcast. I'm passionate about helping you create the relationship and sex life of your dreams. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, and conscious uncoupling. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Kylie. She is sexy swinger chick online and also host of the Pineapple Express podcast with her husband. Today we're going to be talking all about sex work 101. So we'll be talking about what is sex workers and and Kylie being a sexual freedom advocate and also being a swinger and being totally normal. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's even a cat mom. So Kylie, welcome to the show. Please tell us a little bit about you and how in the world you got into sex work. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So um, I actually got into sex work at a young age. Um, I was 18 years old and I was like, I, I was watching Moulin Rouge and I don't know why I was like, I want to do this. I want to like, I just, I don't know. It was, I love performing. You know, I had a theater background and I was like this, I don't know. I, my, men don't bother me. Like I'll be fine. I'm sexy and I'm fun, you know? Um, and then six months into it, I was atrocious. Like I was terrible at stripping. I was terrible at talking to men. I was terrible at being a sex worker, um, because I was so young and, um, So I always advocate for like girls who are thinking about getting into sex work, eh, maybe wait till you're like at least 21 to 25 to where your brain's developed because my brain was not developed. And um, so, yeah, I got into sex and then I quit after six months. I went to college. I got my teaching degree. I was a teacher for a long time. Um, I got married and then I got divorced and, um, you know, then back in, well, during COVID, right? So I don't know if you remember like the OnlyFans revolution during COVID, Mm -hmm. like everybody had an OnlyFans. And so I was like, to my fiance, I was like, I like to have sex. I don't mind it when people watch me. I'm a really like sexually adventurous person. You know, we hadn't been swinging yet. So um, like Jennifer said, I'm also a swinger, but we hadn't been swinging yet, but we were like, thinking about it at that point. But, um, I was like, all right, well, let's do an OnlyFans. And we did it. And again, wasn't very good at it. Didn't really, it wasn't really much. I mean, I was putting a lot more effort into it than what I was getting out of it. So I was after a month or two, I was just like, you know what? I'm bored with this. I don't really like doing this anymore. Um, but I still continued to do social media. Um, and I learned when I was learning about OnlyFans, I learned a lot of like social media skills. So I continued cause it was fun and I enjoyed it. Um, and then I ended up like getting kind of like a following on, um, TikTok and Instagram and stuff. And everyone was like, well, you should do your OnlyFans again. And I was like, all right. So, um, I've been doing OnlyFans for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. And then during that time span of two years, so about a year ago, I was like, you know what? I'm a swinger. Um, we've got the, you know, TikTok and and all the social media. Um, I do the OnlyFans. I'm so tired of the vanilla world. Mm-hmm. Um, going to a vanilla job every day. Um, and I was like, I was bartending at the time and I was like a manager. And I was like, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. 
I want to go back to stripping. Um, and then I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to give you a month. If you're really terrible at it again, then we're not going to do it anymore. And we're just going to let that go and let that part of our life go. And I went and I was awesome. I was, I had all of these <laughs> skills that I learned, you know, um, these sales skills and it was so awesome. And like, I, I just really had a thirst to learn more about sex work and how to be really good at it. And, um, you know, so I would listen to podcasts and read books and, um, I've been doing, like I said, I've been doing it for over a year now and, um, I still love it every day. <laughs> I go to work every day, excited and happy. And, um, I look at it like it's a girl's night, mm -hmm. but the guys are just there to pay us to be there. <laughs> nice yeah it's so funny I like the internal dialogue that you have with yourself where you're like okay girl I'm gonna let you have one month and if we're really terrible <laughs> we're just gonna like hit the eject seat and we'll go back to the bar it's gonna be fine yeah oh, right absolutely I mean I think that it's it's important for everyone to, to have that internal dialogue and mm. you know not every day is gonna be a million dollar day I don't know I always that's that's always my line. Cause like, there's no amount of money. Like every girl may what's a lot to one girl might not be a lot to another girl. Mm -hmm. So I never try to put like a monetary value on it. So I just always say, it's not always going to be a million dollar day. And there's some days that you are going to go home with less than what you came in with. Um, and that's really a big part of stripping. And I think you know, I love TikTok for what it's done um, for, you know, the swinging community and the non-monogamous community and those other communities. But I hate TikTok for what it's done for not only the sex work community, but like the strippers as well. And when I say like sex work community, I mean like the cam girls and the OnlyFans girls, um, you know, that facet as well, like the online sex community, because it's it makes people think that all of these girls are just like getting rich off of being strippers and being on OnlyFans. And that is not the case at all. I mean, mm. you know, you have your good nights, but you also have your bad nights. Um, you just have to find a club that's consistent, um, you know, where you can live off of it, you know, and just be happy with the good nights, you know, <laughs> and then when it's a bad night, just say, you know what, tomorrow is a new day. I have another shift next week. You know, I have that money saved up from when I, I had that really good customer come in. Um, but when you're young and you're 18, you don't think like that, I think. And I think you don't really get there until you're older, you know? Mm. I want to revisit that part too. So I'm going to tell a tiny little story that I think will help the listeners maybe understand what this means of you being too young. Um, I just got back from Vegas, mm -hmm. went on a work trip, took my partner and we had so much fun and we went to this kind of circus themed cabaret. And it was one of those where the host is kind of grungy and gross and super vulgar and just says what he thinks and also tries to make people feel embarrassed, right? So he's kind of like calling out different people in the crowd. And at one point there's this like hot swinger couple and um, she's super milfy and like, he's really good looking. And he says something to them like, I bet y'all have amazing sex or whatever. Then he looks at these two very young girls, probably your 18 to 21 realm. And he looks at them and he goes, I bet you two are sex workers. And they were like, yeah. 
And they were obviously still like together, like they were romantically touching each other. And, you know, they were like in some sort of relationship. Um, and he goes, you know, don't worry, you'll be good at sex one day, which was kind of rude. Right. But he was trying to say to them, like this swinger couple over here, they're probably having fucking fantastic sex. And they were like in their forties or fifties. And then he was saying to them, like, you little girls are going to get it at some point. Just keep trying. Okay. It was really rude, but it does make a good point. And so I can imagine like baby Kylie and you're like trying to be a stripper and like, maybe you have the moves down. Like maybe your body's freaking banging. You're 18. You've never had kids. You look amazing. But you have no social skills with men. You don't know like how to look at them alluringly in the eyes. You don't know how to make them yearn for you yet. You're a freaking child, babe, basically, right? I literally had just graduated high school. <laughs> like, how do you go from talking to like kids, mm -hmm. you know, to talking to like 50-year-old men who mm -hmm. you have nothing in common with? You you have no idea. Like, it, I just... I've always thought this. Um, also, I think that because your brain is not developed and, and a lot of people don't think about this, right? So your brain isn't developed yet, but there are things going on around you that are, you know, traumatic. There's a lot of drugs um, mm -hmm. and everybody knows that. I mean, there is no, it's no lie that a strip club is just, it's like any drug that you want, you can get at your fingertips. Um, there's a lot of alcohol abuse. So you see a lot of women in very destitute situations, right? Um, there's obviously a lot of um, full service sex work, which um, as a sex worker myself, I, whatever somebody's boundaries with their own bodies, um, that is their choice as long as they're consenting to it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a full belief of mine. And people say, well, girls that do that in the club, you know, that's hurting the club. And I always say, no, it's not because <laughs> these men come back to the club and they come talk to me and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I got this and that and the other thing the last time. And I'm like, Ooh, baby, that's sexy. And then I get a tip out of them and they think that I I'm going to do it. And then I don't do it. You know? Mm. Yeah. They're disappointed. But like, again, it doesn't, I, I, it doesn't hurt the club. None of those. Oh things my gosh. Are... I have to tell you a story that just <laughs> happened in Vegas about this. So I had a lot of firsts when I was in Vegas. One mm -hmm. was I've never been to a dispensary. Like I had just smoked weed in the last year. And I'm I, almost 40. I'm 39. So I'm just opening the door to this stuff. And my friends are there and they're like, they are like, oh, we just got to the dispensary. We got our stuff. We just landed. And I'm like, will you take me? Like, I've never even been in one. I wouldn't even know what to do. I don't know how to buy things. I don't know what my options are. They're like, absolutely. So we do this trade show. And afterwards, before they dropped me off, we went to the dispensary. And it was amazing. And I was like, I'm smelling the buds. And I'm like, <laughs> doing the things. And my friend had a pen and like the weed pen. And I'm like, okay, that's what I want. But anyway, I'm talking to the front bouncer guy. And we're trying to decide what strip club we're going to go to. And so we're asking him and he's like, oh, you want to go to this one because they're real loose. Like they were known, like each one was known where like this one's like classier. And then this one, they'll only follow the rules. And then this one, if he's like, if I'm paying, this is what I want. So he was like telling us which way to go to if we wanted to have sex with the strippers. And you're right. It's a real thing. Like it really, it, it does bring in more to the club, I'm sure. But also I love your point of, 
you do what's right for your body and you do what's right for your heart and your spirit. And if you want to do that and go for it. And if you don't cool too. Well, it provides, I mean, I think in a sense, it kind of provides a safe environment because, you know, the reality is sex work is not decriminalized and sex work is not, um, legalized in the state while I live in Ohio. Um, so it provides a safe environment for women who are looking to do something like that. But again, I just believe that like, whatever your boundaries are, are your boundaries. But I did see like a lot when I was younger, I saw like a lot of prostitution and a lot of, um, very traumatic things, uh, that when you're 18 years old, you don't understand what's mm. going on. You're just seeing it and you're around it. Um, but you're not really able to really comprehend it. Now that I'm 31 years old, it's so different. Like I remember when I was 18, the first time that a guy, he pulled his junk out of his pants when mm -hmm. I was giving a lap dance. So I was terrified and I was like, I jumped up, I started crying and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Um, I can't believe this is happening to me. What do I do? And like, I ran to the back. I was so scared. Now, if a guy does that, I'm going to look at him. I'm going to laugh at him. And I'm going to say, put your tiny little sausage away. Nobody wants to see that, sir. And I'm going to go along with the dance because my maturity level is so much higher. I mean, obviously that sounds immature to like tell a guy to put his, you know, his little tiny yeah. sausage away. But like, I can handle those things when I see, you know, now when people do drugs around me, I'm just like, Hey, you know what? I, I did Coke once at a journey concert when I was 22 and I hated it, <laughs> but like, do your thing. Yeah. You do, do you. your thing. I'm like, I'm the perfect stripper. Um, I won't take your, your drugs from you, but come on, you can come spend money on me. Like, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's just a different mindset. Um, but I will say this, that I, a lot of that trauma that I hold from my younger years, I'm still processing now. And sometimes certain things will happen in the club and then it'll bring me back mm -hmm. to those moments. So it's really important, um, that I have a support system and that, you know, I am in, in, um, specialized sex work therapy. Nice. Um, and, and there's a ton of resources and like just community, um, outreach programs that, you know, and it's awesome because in the online world, you know, we have zoom meetings and stuff. So like, there's so much more support, I think now than they, they had back then, you know, I'm so freaking lutely. <clears throat> we had a nurse named Lauren Haynes on the podcast a few months ago, and it's the STI 101 uh, mm -hmm. podcast. And she does lots of people in the porn industry. She's their person to go do the STI testing. And it was such an amazing podcast. I had no idea. She was like, test in your throat test up your anus, like anywhere you're putting things, you need to test there, not just in your vagina. And I was like, what? Like no one has ever offered that for me. Like my little nurse that I see in Bentonville, Arkansas, isn't like, open your mouth. I need to check your throat if you put a dick down it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and so you're right. I love that there's a specialized support industry just for sex workers because it is specialized. It's a little bit different than like the normal soccer mom who's only had sex with her husband for 25 years, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's all about education. 
Um, and that's, you know, in the swinger community, that's something, right? Because mm -hmm. we always use condoms when we're having, you know, vaginal sex, right? And penetration. Mm -hmm. And, but like, do you, I've never worn a condom jobs. when I'm giving a blowjob, but like, yeah you can seriously get chlamydia and gonorrhea in your throat. And like, it's so, and I went to, you know, cause I get tested a lot and I went to my regular doctor and I was like, yeah, I need a throat swab. I, I need like the whole yeah. nine yards, all like it. give it, give it all to me, you know, the herpes test, all of it. And he like almost got in like an argument with me and he was like, no, like I can't test you for that um, because like the tests aren't accurate. And I'm like, but like, I'm a swinger and he's like, I realize that. And then I explained to him like what I'm explaining to you, like we always use condoms when we're doing, you know, and he's like, well, you should always use a condom. I'm like, well, I know that I, I know these things, but like, can you just help me and be, be a doctor for a minute instead of like almost like judging my lifestyle, you know? Mm. Sorry, I have to shut my door. No, you're okay. Yeah. I had someone, I had someone locally in our Springer group ask, they did a post and they were like, you know, who locally do you go to? Because I'm feeling a lot of judgment from my own doctor, or I have a friend who just went into the lifestyle and she's like, who do I go to? Cause I don't want my OB from like 20 years ago when I delivered my child to now know that I'm a swinger or that I'm open. Um, so I love that. I love that there are people there to support. And if you, yeah. if you are in the lifestyle or if you do feel like you don't have a good support system, swinger groups are amazing. Like get on Facebook and find your local swinger group and pop right. in there and just ask for help. People well, are like, so happy to give you help. We have a discord. I mean, like mm -hmm. that we've built over the court, the course, that's my shirt, the swinger society. Um, you know, we are, it's 21,000 swingers, but like, it's not necessarily like, Hey, I'm from Cleveland and you're from Pennsylvania. Let's meet up and, and screw. It's a community resource for, we have a, a doctor who's a resource on there. Um, we have, you know, we have like, so shameless care is like, we're talking about the STI test. It's mm -hmm. discreet and they do like their lifestyle testing, um, you know, they, they test for STIs and stuff like that. And they do the throat swabs. Like we have so many re community resources in one place on there, which is amazing. But like, there's so many groups, you know, and sex workers also, um, I'm in this really cool, like sex work group chat on, um, Instagram. And it's like a bunch of girls from all over the United States who just are supportive. And like, it's almost like we're all, all besties. There's like, a hundred of us in there and we're just like, you, you need support. And, um, sometimes, you know, it, it can go farther than uh, just like your community, your community, like, you know, my Cleveland community. Uh, um, it, it can be global. Let me let him know. You're good. <laughs> Pause real quick. Cause I'm going to have to edit this out. Can you, um, watch him? I'm on a podcast recording. I love your face. Bye. <clears throat> my kids also do school from home. So Sorry. Okay. We'll edit this part out. So go back to That's okay. the last thing you said was you have an Instagram group and all the ladies are supportive. Oh yeah. So, um, like we even have a Instagram, it's like a group chat. Um, and it's all strippers from all around, like all around the world, actually there's girls from the UK, there's girls from Greece. And it's like, we, it's very non-judgmental because some of these like 
you know, groups that you find online can be a little bit judgmental, especially like when you're a sex worker. I feel like sometimes sex workers can sometimes judge each other. It's like a girl, you know, she's struggling with, if she's struggling with addiction or if she's, you know, maybe she is one of those girls who does extras. Um, it's almost like a little bit judgmental, you know, and it's, so it's good to be a part of, you know, groups that fit you. And it's, it's like that in the swinger community too, right? Like mm-hmm, for sure, there's different facets of the community where it's, and you know, like the clickiness, right? Like yeah. that's what everybody, the, it, it's everywhere, but like, yeah. it's the same thing with sex workers. So that's why I think for me anyways, being a sex worker and a swinger is, um, amazing because not only are my skills, you know, with stripping, it also involves in swinging, right? When you're vetting couples, Mm -hmm. just like when I'm vetting guys or like, I, I, now I know how to flirt with people. You know, when we first started swinging, I had no idea how to flirt. (laughs) I was terrible at flirting. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you've been in a relationship with somebody for so long, yes. right? And like, you've been monogamous and then you're oh like, gosh. oh my God. That's so funny. I have to flirt. Derek and I, Derek and I, Scott and I, when we were going to the Grand Canyon a few days ago, we were listening to a podcast and the, this lady, uh, the podcast host had someone come on live. Like he was somebody that was following her on Instagram. And he was like, I have to ask you this question. And she's like, cool. Let's do a podcast out of it. And he said, I've been married for 18 years, the same woman. And I don't know how to flirt with her. I'm like, 18 years. He's like, yeah, I really, I really want to like spice things up, but I don't know what to say to her. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to get her to be flirty with me. Like we just, she just wants to talk about going to the grocery store and like what to make for dinner. And he's he's like, help me. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? Yes. Cause that's how, I mean, that's, you know, I've, I've been with my partner. We've been together for seven years now. We started swinging after we were together for four years. But, like, mm. it's kind of that mundaneness of, like, especially once you have kids. It's like, okay, you know, it's no all business, no play. Yeah. So now that I'm – I've come in t- back into myself again. And now that I'm, you know, back into sex work and, you know, swinging, it's like, for me, for us, it's – always play because we always are flirting, you know, and I'm always making, you know, jokes to him about the guys at work. And, you know, um, he's very, very, very supportive of my sex work journey. Um, he hasn't always been at first. I think when I was, I came to him and I was like, um, Hey, so, um, I want to be a stripper again. He was like, no way. And what his worry is the safetyness, right? So the safety part of it, um, the guys following you home, mm-hmm. the, um, guys who are breaking consent, you know, um, just like last night, for instance, this guy, I was in a room with him and I, for the first time I had to take my shoe, uh, my nine inch heel and almost smack him in the face and tell him if he didn't get his hands off of me that, um, I was go- like, he, I was going to, beat him with my shoe because he was like, he was like extremely like holding me down, you know, um, little did he know. I mean, I've been doing like, not to brag or anything, but like I've been doing pole dance, you know, and like, I'm very strong and very, 
um, you know, in that situation, I'm, I know exactly what to do. Um, so then the bouncer comes in and, you know, kicks the guy out and everything. So I was safe. Um, but my fiance worries about those things. And so I called him up and I was like, this happened, you know, cause I got home late last night and he was like, oh my God, I'm so anxious thinking about this. Mm. I'm like, I'm okay. And he knows that I can take care of myself, but I think it's also your partner's instinct to like, always want to protect you. Mm-hmm. And so when he knows that like, he can't always do that and he has to rely on other men for that, the bouncers and stuff. I think that, that, that scare bothers him a little bit, which I can understand. So I just, you know, we've done a lot to try to make him feel, feel safe and less anxious about it because, you know, even though I'm anxious, I'm, I can only imagine as your protector and, and your partner who loves you very much, um, that that could be scary for them. Um, I've had to call him when guys are following me home and I've been like, get outside, get your gun. Like this guy is following me, you know, and that's scary for him, but like, it's also scary for me, but these are, yeah. these are parts of the sex work industry that a lot of people don't think about or understand. Um, and that's why, again, I always, it's this, this industry is not for every person, you know, you, you, even though you're just a pretty girl, um, you have to be very mentally strong. You have to be, I would say physically strong, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you really, really have to, you're not, you can't just be a pretty girl doing this. It's way, way, way more than that. Also having, having skills, um, to get out of situations like that, you know, what do you do if a guy is following you while you go back? And this is, if you're listening and you are a sex worker, you know, you go back to the club, um, you call the club and you go back to the club or you call the police, the closest police station and you go to the police station and get an escort to take you home. Um, never, ever, I mean, and it's always so important to have that situational awareness. If someone's following you, never, ever risk it. Never risk it because many, many people have lost their lives risking it. Many women. Yikes. Well, that kind yeah. of brings me to a couple <laughs> other things I want to make sure that we cover. So one is, let's just do what is a sex worker? Like we haven't even really defined it. And I would imagine it's a lot of things. So I am going to take notes while we do this because we'll probably create some slides for this podcast that say like, these 10 things are sex workers. You probably didn't know that. This is why we classify them as sex work. And then if you can also give us a little bit of information around just that terminology, because I think previously sex workers were looked at negatively, like prostitute would be another word, right? But yes, I'm finding- which is a stigmatized a lot, word. Yeah, there's a lot of empowerment now with people going like, well, yeah, I'm a sex worker. So if you would give us like kind of a rundown of what, what and who- is our <laughs> sex workers. So a sex worker is anybody who is in the sex, consensual sex. So when we're talking about sex workers here, we're not talking about sex trafficked individuals because that's a whole different thing, right? So sex work is you're consensually, um, you know, whether it be a stripper, right? So this is a form of sex work. Even though we're not having sex, we essentially are, um, in a way uh, kind of playing as though we're having sex, you know, we're grinding and that's, um, so that's a form of it cam camming. Uh, so like if you do chatterbait or online camming, um, only fans 
any any sort of online porn um anybody who's in the online porn industry mm-hmm. you are a sex worker um if, if and now then there's full service sex workers which can be a facet of many things you can be a girl who does it legally in uh las vegas you're just talking about vegas mm-hmm. you can be a girl who does it legally there at the bunny ranch right you can be a girl who um stands on the corner um and waits for johns to come up and that's a form of full service sex work um you can be a girl who's an escort online so um you know back in the day when we had craigslist and Backpage, don't have those anymore it's a basta which is a whole different story um but you know you you can be an escort you can be um a girl who works at a full service club. There are so many clubs, just like the gentleman was telling you about. Um, there are full service clubs. I remember I went and auditioned at a club. And uh, after I had gotten my audition, the girl walks up to me, one of the dancers, she hands me two condoms. And she says, are you okay with this? And I said, well, I don't know. I have to think about that, you know, because I didn't want to make her feel bad right? Like I'm better than you. Cause I don't do this. I never want to make someone feel that way. I was like, I'll have to think about it. You know, um, something to think about. And she said, well, here's two condoms be safe. Um, but this is an all extras club. Um, that's how we make money here. Mm-hmm. And she was upfront and honest, you know, but like that's, there are clubs like that. Um, so full service sex work is anybody who's having consensual. So the main word here is consensual, consensual sex, for money and yeah awesome thank you that that, was a that was a super thorough list yeah absolutely so anybody within these industries would say i'm a sex worker okay i'm a sex Um, worker um and they wouldn't say like prostitute is like a stigmatized word um sex work is now the term that's more of like the the pc term yeah perfect so the other thing that we wanted to talk about was the sexual freedom advocate part of who you are. So can you tell us a little bit about that? So, yeah. So I'm also a swinger, which we've talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, we know how losing your job or losing, you know, custody of your kids, you know, those things do affect people in the non-monogamous community. Um, which is one of the reasons why I actually got into sex work because I was like, well, if I become a stripper, no one's going to care that I'm a swinger and I'm on TikTok, but I had to worry about every single job that I had beforehand because I'm like, oh my God, what if they fire me for being a swinger? Because that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so me and my friends at the Swinger Society, um, so there's a whole group of like podcasters and different online personas um, who we all came together and we created the Discord. And our main goal for that was always to be, to destigmatize the lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. So what that means is, make it, um, a positive thing. You know, not everybody has to be non-monogamous, but like, let's just destigmatize it. We're not all a bunch of crazy weirdos. Right. (laughs) Um, and also to, to make sure that like, we could try to help to get laws in place to where people couldn't lose their children and couldn't lose, um, their jobs and stuff, which is a long road ahead of us, but we're still there. So, or we're getting there, but, um, I got, I guess, connected with an organization called NCSF. So they are the um, National Coalition for Sexual Freedom. And it's a coalition um, of under 140 different groups of um, basically what they are is uh, alternative 
sexual lifestyles, trying to destigmatize that. So in the kink and non-monogamous community, they also do a lot of educational outreach in terms of consent um, and in terms of just, you know, explicit prior consent, all those things and um, educating people in the kink and non-monogamous community. But also they provide outreach for people who are struggling with jobs, losing a job or losing custody. Um, so I got into these sexual freedom organizations and then I realized if you're a sex worker, that's a form of sexual freedom. What when there's laws, because if if I want to consensually go find a John, um, which a John means um, you know, somebody who's looking for um a sex worker, right? Um, if I want to go find a John and if I want him to pay me a thousand dollars to do whatever I'm comfortable doing, that's between me and that John. That's not between anybody else. So then I realized like sex work and like the stigmatization, not only of my job as a stripper, but like of other forms of sex work, like those are very stigmatized as well. So I want to work on destigmatizing that too. And that's, you know, after I got involved with, and then I'm also involved with an organization called the Woodhall Foundation, um, which they are, they believe that sexual freedom is a human right, um, mm -hmm. which it is. And um, we should be able to consensually do what we, I'm in, I say that word a lot, but consensually do what we want to do with our bodies, whether it be in the kink or non-monogamous community. If I want to have a bunch of orgies with 10 guys, you know, that's, and if I'm getting paid for it or not, whatever, but that's my choice, you know, um, to do that. So, I mean, that's why I love working with these communities and, um, you know, getting their names out there because on social media to really, um, to help kind of push the sexual freedom movement, mm -hmm. um, forward, which it, and it, it's all facets of it, you know, sex education, you know, getting really great sex education. Come on. We know in America, the sex education <laughs> system is terrible. It's the yeah. worst, you know, um, moving that forward and these sex positive communities, you know, all coming together to support our, our cause of sexual freedom, you know, that's it. And we might not all do the same thing. You know, I might not be a dungeon master, you know, in the kink community, <laughs> but like we can respect them and yes. they can respect people in the non-monogamous community. Um, and the polyamory people can respect the swingers, you know, like absolutely the sex workers can respect the kinksters, you know, so it all kind of ties together which mm -hmm. I love. So yeah. And that we're all under one big umbrella of alternative lifestyle, right? Non-vanilla, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call us. Um, do any of these organizations work on legalizing sex work? Like the, what did you call it again? Soul service piece. Like I still can't believe so, yes. we're in 2023 and you can go to what, one or two states and legally pay someone to have sex with you. I, that's just completely bizarre to me that that's a thing. So the biggest thing that I think that these organizations want is not necessarily legalization. So decriminalization. Okay. Um, and this is, we were talking about weed earlier. Yeah. So if you think of it in terms of weed, um, when you legalize something, that means that the government, you know, they have a lot of say in things. Now, obviously I think safety is a big factor in all of this, right. but, but it gets highly regulated. You, yes. 
But like when you decriminalize something, all that does is, it, you know, I'm not going to get arrested for having sex with a John and the John's not going to get arrested. But like it doesn't, you know, especially with weed, we saw like oligopolies coming up, right? Like where these big corporations took control and took power of the of the weed, you know, all of that, the the whole industry. Mm-hmm. That's not something that we want. We want, um, you know, and I, like I said, I always explain it in weed terms like that because we just, we saw what happened with that. It just, it's much better if we decriminalize it. We want it decriminalized um, so that everyone can just live their lives. No, just let people live their lives. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. That's a, that's a perfect ending as well. So I will let you close us out with anything that's on your heart, anything that you want to share with people. Um, how can people find you? Um, anything that you'd like to say to close out this podcast? Well, of course, um, you know, I, I definitely want people to look into, uh, NCSF. So it's ncsfreedom.org. Um, you know, if you're interested in, um, you know, looking into sexual freedom organizations, there's them. And then there's the Woodhall Foundation. Um, Great foundations. If, you know, if you ever have any extra cash lying around, you know, they're great organizations to um, donate to just because of their educational outreach and all the things that they do, not only for sex workers, but um, for, you know, for everybody, for all the the sex positive communities. So Woodhall Foundation, NCSF, love them. Um, And then, I would just say, you know, if you are someone who is looking, you know, you, you don't really know much about sex workers, go to a club, you know, go, go to a strip club and, and support your local sex workers because it's not an easy job. And if you, if you do go to clubs, you know, make sure that, that it's positive and that you bring money (laughs) and you're supporting these strippers in a positive way, um, instead of going to a club and, you know, continuing on with the stigma because these are mothers, these are wives, these are, um, just women who are trying to make it in their life. Um, and this is what they've chosen to do. A lot of them are neurodivergent like myself. So it's, it's really important to just support your local sex worker. Um, and there's so many ways to do that. (laughs) I love that. I love that. We actually have a local group of swinger women going to our newest strip club. So we have like, I think the peppermint hippo is also in Vegas. Um, or it's called like the blue something or other rhino or whatever, but their sister company is opening up one. Um, and so we're all going to have like a girl's night and go, go hang out with the, with some sexy, go hang with the strippers. We're so excited. So yeah, go have fun. I love, I love girls in the club. I love it. Yeah. We're going to have a blast. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you joined us on this podcast today, because I think again, anything that we can do to destigmatize all of the things underneath the umbrella, which we've right. already talked about, makes my heart happy, and I hope it makes our listeners happy, and I hope that those that are listening, at least on my end, because I'm sure some of your followers will listen as well, I hope that you you view this in a different light, that you view six sex work in a different light, that you help move us forward in destigmatizing, decriminalizing, and accepting people just exactly who they are, and allowing yourself to be open to this. Absolutely. I love that so much, Jennifer. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. Um, And I think we have a podcast swap coming up. So 
Yes, I'm excited. Something different. All right. Yes. Bye. Thank you.